Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Giant Time is here. That's right, we are talking the 2009 reboot of Friday the 13th on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from Camp Crystal Lake, or the remains that, you know, remain. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. We're going to unpack all the gory details of Friday the 13th, the 2009 reboot, in the hopes that a uh, party year's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes that we might make at their expense. And as always, there's only one person that I trust to help me hunt down the Cheddar Goblin, the one and the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina? I'm so excited to be talking about this action-packed 20 minutes or so of uh, of screen time. There's so much happens in this in this segment. It's just like I, I was edging my seat. I was like, well, I can't take it. Slow down, movie. You're, you're too much. How many more uh, characters will you introduce uh, now that we are 24 minutes into the film? And the answer is all of them. <laughs> It took 24 minutes for the movie to formally begin, but what are you going to do? I don't want to alarm you, Gina, but we are not alone. That's right. We have a special guest. He is a writer, a director, a podcaster whose show, thank you for requesting, is available almost anywhere podcasts are broadcast. The one and the only Omar Najim. How are you doing, Omar? Great. How about yourselves? Oh, it's hot. It's full of mosquitoes. It's everything you think Los Angeles is going to be. <laughs> exactly. We are put right into the Camp Crystal Lake mindset. It's, it's <laughs> could not be better setting. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's not as hot as like it was like a, a week or so ago, but the mosquitoes are particularly egregious, and I don't like it as a new addition to my life in Southern California. We have. It's so interesting because, and I think it's changing now because I'm originally from the Bay Area. In the Bay Area, once you get to like October, it's like autumn. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like once you pass like equinox, like the world is like, no, yeah, it's autumn, obviously. <laughs> like that's why, yeah, the moon told us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> so there, there's like normal seasons in Los Angeles. It's so funny because once we hit autumnal equinox, I feel like we enter what is I like to call sp- spider summer. It's just <laughs> another summer, but now there are spiders. Like it's the only <laughs> difference. It's just as hot. Like, but now we have a lot of bugs and arachnids that we have to deal with. That's right. It's summer too. Whoa, spiders. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> there's no trade-off. We've just introduced webbing. Like that's, <laughs> that's right. It's just as hot, but you had like one week where there was a coastal breeze and then boom, <laughs> yeah. spiders. Because uh, they're eating the other bugs. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's, it's just suddenly you're you're caught up in something in your backyard. Oh my god, it's a giant web. Yep. <laughs> I walk the dog in the middle of the street because if I walk it on the sidewalk, I will just be walking through spider webs and however the rest of the chorus of that fucking song goes. It's so <laughs> long ago, I can't even remember it. Yeah, I definitely, I must look like I'm walking out of the end of a horror movie, like third <laughs> act, when I'm like walking back from a friend's house at night because I refuse to walk under trees. I'm like, no, no. I, I. You're you're just asking to get caught up in a 
billion spider webs and then you're just swatting at yourself yeah. like a crazy person. <laughs> it's just and 100% certainty. It's not <laughs> even like a statistical chance. You're like, no, it, it will happen. Like, I just know it. Like, and, you can and, set your watch by it. <laughs> and, what you, and what you really want your neighbors to see is you just walking down the street, just flailing and hitting yourself. No, no, get off of me. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I'm going to be walking down the street swearing at myself like I'm drunk, I'd like to actually be drunk. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like the benefit is- of alcohol in my system, not, <laughs> oh my God, is it a big spider or tiny spider on me? Because you don't know. Yeah. This which, is the worst of all worlds. Which it's a one, mystery which, spider. <laughs> which ones are the poisonous ones? <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk about something that's a happier note. Omar, when was the first time that you actually encountered the Friday the 13th franchise? So I uh, knew this question was coming up because I've listened to the show. And I can't recall the the first time I saw the original as, uh, as in my younger years. But I know that I had because I knew all the bits. I knew the twists. Um, but I sat down and watched all the classics, like 70s through 90s classics, maybe two years ago, where mm-hmm. I was like, come on. And I also have a thing where I don't believe I've watched a movie unless I can like quote it, unless I can like <laughs> tell you almost like scene by scene. So I'm like, oh, even, you know, that must have been years ago. Mm-hmm. And while I was watching it, 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 I remembered that I had religiously watched Jason X with my friend Tommy growing up. Like on an almost daily basis, we like found at the library and we were like, okay, this is what we're studying. Like this whole (laughs) summer, we have to just analyze frame by frame Jason X without. And I think at that point, like we had gotten one or two of the references, but a lot of them, we were just like, all right, cool. Sleep scene Makes sense. We like didn't know. Like we were just like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, of course. That's a hologram. So (laughs) that is wild that you're coming into it at Jason X. Yeah. Which is a Canadian spaceship TV show. (laughs) Basically, with Jason Voorhees. Absolutely. And if you watch uh, Leprechaun 4, it'll really mess you up because you'll think it's the same movie. (laughs) Like, you'll be convinced it's the exact same film. So I highly recommend spacing those out, like, decades apart. Like, you need need some time to get over one of them. But, yeah. I don't know that I'll ever get over Jason. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I mean, we came into it, and I'm like, it's kind of fun. And then getting out of it, I was like, no. This may be the worst. <laughs> Gina is pretty convinced it's the worst. Yeah. You've got part five, which is reprehensible in its own way. But mm. but this is just like, this one was just an absolute chore to get. I mean, at least, <laughs> at least part five, it was it was fun to 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 tear it to tiny little pieces. Mm-hmm. I mean, J- Jason X is just, you know, it, it was just draining my life force right out of me. <laughs> I, I, I looked like, um, what were those little creatures in the dark crystal that got their, their the life Skeksy? force? The ones, the ones they sucked the life force oh, out right, of. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I just, that's, that was basically me at the end of it. <laughs> I, I still enjoy the, the nits. Uh, call me crazy. I just enjoy wacky nits, but that's about as good as it gets. It's not nearly underwearless as I want it to be. <laughs> and... It's bo- it both has, everybody wears somehow both too many clothes and not enough clothes. <laughs> yeah. It's too many clothes where there should be less and not nearly enough where there should be more. <laughs> it's It makes, like, you, you can't predict what's going to happen, like, anytime they cut away. Like, you just don't know. Exactly. Where you're like, well, they might introduce another fucking character yep, and do yep. it. That is like a crucial character. You're like, okay, great. I thought, okay. <laughs> like great. this is a person I have not seen in an hour. Oh, they're alive and I'm supposed to care? <laughs> yeah. No. And at one point, a guy fucks 
a robot into being in the matrix, which is very weird. And that ups their chances of survival. It's like, a, it's like what should, I guess, be a very optimistic and romantic scene, but you're like, but no, but numbers, that's not how, it doesn't make. It's as if somebody watched Star Wars and Han Solo bickering with C-3PO and said, you know what would be better? If one of them was a lady and they fucked. And then the odds would increase. And you're like, you're a crazy person. Stop drinking and walking into spider webs, you fuck nut. And then they made the movie. Like, that was the conversation. That, that was the pitch. And the person who said, that's insane, got fired. That's the person who got removed. Everyone else stayed. Everyone's like, yeah, this is this is huge. This, this is, is a gold mine. Time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm going to be known for this forever. <laughs> yeah, you really golden. You know, we could talk about Jason X for another four or five or six episodes, however long it took us to get through it. But I think we should move right back into the 2009 edition of Friday the 13th. Uh, so as usual, we need to know who is still left alive at this point in the movie. Let's do a quick body count. Everyone is dead, and now a whole new movie is about to begin. So if you're counting at home, we've gone through one movie in about three minutes, and then it took 21 minutes for a different movie. Now we're into movie three, and movie three combines part three and part four. So it's kind of a combination of both of those things. Is it better than them? No. Is it better than part three? Maybe. Uh, is it better than part four? Fuck no. So it's in a range. But it's Let's also got, that. It's also got a little bit of saw, a little touch of Silence of the Lambs, you know, a little soup son of other movies. None of it, which it does very well. But but it, yeah. it you know, it tries. You know, the, the the filmmakers have definitely seen other movies. Yes, absolutely. They have seen other movies and they love to reference. <laughs> you know, I think back to this particular filmmaker's uh, remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm -hmm. which I saw at the movie theater across the street from the Beverly Center. I was drunk <laughs> because I knew I wasn't going to like it. And I walked away from it going, well, that could have been worse. That's not a rave. That's it could have been worse. But I, you see a lot of almost the exact same film. It's like, they're like, we'll just do it and say it's New Jersey. But it doesn't look any different than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Perhaps because they filmed it in the same fucking town. <laughs> the power of imagination. Like <laughs> There is nothing about this movie that would make you think it takes place in New Jersey, including... Very weird looking water towers. Now, I know New Jersey has some water towers. They're not without water towers, but this seems to be fucking littered with them. Yeah, this this whole segment is basically me having to put on my I'm from New Jersey hat again, <laughs> as I've had several times before, because apparently it, it costs $80 trillion to film a movie in New Jersey because yeah. so many movies that take place in New Jersey aren't actually filmed there. And I honestly have no idea why. I, I am baffled. A at best, you get like a couple scenes filmed in New Jersey, but they're always filmed in Philadelphia or 
Toronto or someplace that has mountains in the background <laughs> and, and Southern New Jersey, where, where this is supposed to take place, does not have mountains, which is which is why, I mean, this comes later in the movie, but but they're looking around in a storage room and there's skis on the wall. Where are they skiing? <laughs> are they skiing to a Wawa? There, there's no place to go skiing in Southern New Jersey. There's also no need for a hunting lodge, but, but that's where most of the action takes place. In the background of that shot, when you look out, it's a very nice yard overlooking a lake. That lake, of course, is surrounded by giant limestone walls, (laughs) which are fun. I mean, they're great. I love it every time I visit Austin fucking Texas. (laughs) But this is supposed to be New Jersey. Like, you couldn't find one place that didn't overlook a very identifiable mark of Austin, Texas. It's like, imagine going into like a haunted house and like, you just go into like, I don't know, like a living room and they're like pretty scary. Right. And you're like, not really. And they're like, but like, imagine it is like, it's got like this skeletal structure or something that would be scary. And you're like, okay, like I'll go with it. Cause like I'm here, but like you're asking a lot of your audience. Like you're really, we're doing a lot of packing here. This place is really, really haunted. By the ghost of a terrible upside down mortgage. You don't have to worry about that, though. Um, Just the APR alone would give you nightmares. But uh, this doesn't affect you at all. Are you are you scared yet? I would 100 percent go to an adult haunted house in the sense that it is stuff where it's like, it's May 1st. Did you file? And you're like, oh, God, go go into the basement where the college financial aid forms are. Try to find the title to that car. No! <laughs> Affordable daycare. <laughs> Gosh, that would be amazing. We have to put that together. We have, we have a month. We've got time from this yeah. recording. Yeah. It'll, we'll take over, a, you know, an old uh, defunct restaurant and we'll just section it off. Exactly. It'll, yeah. Yeah. That's what everyone does here. That's what they did with that. It, it, that Christian uh, Bible camp haunted house they had a couple of years ago. It would not require a lot of room. Just you, just you know, a table with some paperwork on it. Because what's more <laughs> terrifying than that? Yeah, just a bunch a, of forms to fill yeah. out. <laughs> you want the AC seventeen? You don't want no, no, no. You did the RC forty six. No, no, that one won't work. <laughs> You're like why? I mean, oh, that's a whole thing. That's you have to be accredited to understand that answer. <laughs> that's my that's my nightmare. <laughs> Go go to the go to the haunted DMV points, woods. <laughs> Why is my birth certificate not good enough? <laughs> Two forms of ID. <laughs> Find your social security card. Why do they only give you one? <laughs> When when our kid was born eight years ago and they handed us a social security card, like, hold on to this. Are you fucking kidding me? I can't walk through a room without stubbing my toe. I'm awake 22 hours a day holding on to my kid's social security card. Not going to happen. This is, it's an unreasonable amount of responsibility that they like hold on to this. It equates life. You're like, Oh, Okay. (laughs) And it's a tiny piece of paper. Wonderful. This is a great mix. Everyone's going to ask for this. Don't (laughs) hand it to me. (laughs) And yet you can't laminate it either. (laughs) So frustrating. It's 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 torture. It's like a Dante esque 
like torture device. It really like <laughs> you can tell. Uh, you can tell. Gotten... You can tell how emotionally invested we are in in this segment. This <laughs> yeah. I'm just dreading trying to remember everyone's name. Okay. I remember two characters' names right off the top of my head. That's right. only because I wrote well, they're them the down. memorable characters. There's there's like two of them. All right, so here we go. This apparently. This section of the movie, which starts at 24 minutes, occurs six weeks later. How do we know? X-Files font. Yep. <laughs> Again, yep. perfect for Friday the 13th. People are very fearful of typewriters in Friday the 13th movies because, of course, Jason fills out a lot of forms in triplicate. <laughs> That's a callback. That's improv. That's off the top of my head. So we are immediately introduced to a large domestic SUV at Outpost, which is where the entire cast uh, ends up pouring out of this vehicle. In the course of a single minute, we get swipes at uh, a uterus humor. Uh, we get some uh, race baiting uh, yeah. concerning asking a black man to pump your gas. And Ryan Hansen has a gay panic joke. So mm-hmm. can, I stop, can, that, I, can I stop you right there? Sure. Another, another reason that, you know, they're not really in New Jersey. They don't need to pump their own gas. Damn <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Fucking yeah. skippy. <laughs> I was like, yep, nope, they're not New Jersey. They're not in New Jersey. <laughs> they're not in any part of New Jersey when you're pumping your own fucking gas. I don't care where Outpost is in New Jersey. You're not pumping your gas, according to the state governor. Imagine, <laughs> like, if a movie took place in California, and they're like, oh, California. I wish we go to the beach, but this state doesn't have a beach. And then the movie just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> and you just, you're, you're sitting there like, am I, is, am I being blatantly lied to? Like, is this... <laughs> Is this a huge prank? Is this an hour and 20 minute prank? That's how it felt. The second they got to the gas station, they're like, we have to do this. I was like, no, I've only been to the East Coast a handful of times. And I know, like, this is not. I said, uh, just, just check, man. Come on, just check. You know, I mean, I, I don't expect a lot of accuracy in a slasher movie, but that seems like something that, that. Yeah, and that's a perfect time to introduce a creepy townsperson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just just you know the gas station attendant. I mean, that's that's practically a trope in and of itself. Oh, Cabin in the Woods was just like we have to have this in there. That's yes. like an essential element. That's because they're taking up so much time making fun of women's reproductive organs and making race jokes and gay jokes. That's how you know this film is produced by Michael Bay. It's in the contract. <laughs> I will say that I appreciate the fact that the character Nolan is introduced wearing a T-shirt that says "Fuck Christmas," yes. even though it's presumably like June or July. <laughs> Just likes that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate his probably picking up the first shirt he put his hand on on his bedroom floor before leaving that morning. They were like talking about like the war on Christmas and how it's not really a thing. And he was just like, no, challenge accepted. Like, <laughs> I, will, I will take up the mantle. I will fight this war. And they're like, you don't have to. It's not, we don't, it's, we're not even close to Christmas in July. And like, yeah. no, I'm doing it. Like, <laughs> inside of Outpost, uh, we meet an outsider to this group by the name of Clay, played by the floppiest of hair owners, Jared Peladecki. <laughs> there is some hair. Padalecki. See, I messed up a fucking last name again. He's not going to know. He's not going to know. <laughs> there, there is some hair in this movie, and I'm not even talking about the women. I mean, it's 2009, so you've got the 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 front combed boy band <laughs> hair 
going on very strong in, in this motion picture. He, he looks like Dorothy Hamill in a windstorm. <laughs> it's it's really bully and blown out. I appreciate that that in the midst of looking for his missing, possibly dead sister, that he still takes the time to spend that much on his hair in the mm-hmm. every day. Because you would think that, you know, if you're looking for a loved one, you, you would just kind of, you know, doing your hair would probably be pretty low <laughs> on the old priority list. Yeah, yeah. But no, he's got that, he's got that hot comb, he's got that styling gel, he's he is ready to be discovered. I, I flash back to a Justin Bieber sketch on Saturday Night Live uh, a long time ago when he was the musical guest and Tina Fey was teaching in class and she was slowly falling in love with him because he was so dreamy in class. And she turned to the principal or someone else at some point. And she was, ah, I just, I know I shouldn't be in love with him, but his hair just really knows where it wants to go. <laughs> and then he keeps coming up every single time in this movie. Like everyone's quaffed within an inch of their lives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, think that, I think this might be the first and because there haven't been any more since only Friday the 13th movie in which the boys, well, young men are as equally pretty as oh, the yeah. women are. Because this is all very, this is very much, you just, you described, uh, did you, was it Jason actually described as a CW cast or was it? Cause this one, this is very this much, is a, the CW this is a CW cast. This mm-hmm, is like, yeah. this is like, you know, this is in their off time from filming some sort of teen soap opera. <laughs> Yes, they got out of filming sometime in March and April, and they signed to do this. They ran to Austin. They're like, oh, I'm going to spend the spring in Austin. And, you know, that's not a bad time to be there. They'll hit South by Southwest, the whole nine yards. You've got like two almost identical pretty blonde boys. You have Mm -hmm. two almost identical pretty blonde girls. And then you have random people that just sort of hitched along for the ride. (laughs) We do run into an interesting situation here where we have run into uh, the same sort of thing before. And in particular, in part three, four, and seven, which is what binds these fucking people together? (laughs) My my theory is that uh, they answer one of those, you know, those ads you see at the store that says like, you know, you know, free tutoring or all you know, guitar lessons and they have the, the tear paper. Yeah. yeah. And they basically found one of them at their college campus. This is come party at my dad's hunting lodge this weekend. <laughs> like, because sure. they, they don't seem to know each other and they seem sort of annoyed at their at each other's presences. It's absolutely so true. And it comes up later. I mean, not to skip too far ahead, but it absolutely comes up later where it's like, I don't know why they're here. And I was like, Yeah, like, neither do we. It's like <laughs> you didn't you didn't invite them? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many how many times have you invited people to your home and then expressed mystic- expressed you know mysticism that they're yeah. there? <laughs> I mean, it's like I mean, we all you know everybody has offered an insincere invitation to people to hang out with them, but when they actually come to your house, you don't tend to grumble you know barely five feet out of earshot. I don't know what they're doing here. Well, you invited them. <laughs> Yeah, all it takes is one line like, well, we're all in the frat together or they're all on my dorm floor or we all work at Best Buy together. Whatever the fuck it is, there needs to be one thing that binds the dudes together because they seem to be infinitely more familiar with one another than the ladies on this trip who are like, 
who are you? <laughs> How tiny are your shorts? They have nothing to do with one another. But let's get back to Clay because Clay's on a mission. Mm-hmm. He's attempting to question the gas station attendant uh, there about his sister who went missing six weeks back, as we were told by the X-Files font. Uh, Clay would like to put out up some flyers, hoping to get some information. The attendant denies this request by making a fart noise. Yeah. Which I, I don't know, I've never heard, I, I've never been given a, a rejection via fart noise before. So that was a new one on me. Yeah, this is one of three times in which the people in the town inexplicably. And when I say inexplicably, I mean, it's never explained. <laughs> not at any point in the movie, not by the end of the movie, not in a follow up or a prologue or anything. They are absolutely not interested in helping him. Yeah, and, at all. and and it's and it's, you know, they're just sort of like vaguely annoyed that he said he's looking for his missing sister. Um, I think in the segment is when he goes to see the old lady and she's just like, yeah, no, don't bother. We, you know, we're fine with Jason just wandering around. Don't come up here. Don't, don't come in here and <laughs> then she's you know, gone. ruffle yeah. feathers and, you know, practically giving him the finger and slamming the door. But even the local cop is like, well, maybe you should look somewhere else. You know, <laughs> and it's like, wow, you're a terrible cop. But I'm glad you die. No, no spoiler. I guess they, I gave it away. But what do they have to gain? From maintaining the serial killer in their town. Yeah. Is he kicking back to the local economy? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, I think for a little while, you know, and it's still a thing in a lot of horror movies and certainly a lot of horror television in which it's not just one person. It's the whole town that's bad. And it's just like, yeah jerk off gesture i'm not here for that you know (laughs) i mean i like it a lot better you know when he's kind of you know terrorizing the town or people are so you know frightened of him that they pretend that he's not real rather than everybody just sort of mysteriously you know being squirrely and not willing to help this person who's trying to find his sister and everybody just kind of you know vaguely creepy and it's just like no i don't i don't like that I, I don't like this I mean, this twist on it. You know what? You go too far. Uh, people die, and we just let it go. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you I mean, can't like, fight I, City Hall or Jason Voorhees. Yeah, like, like I, I'm thinking it reminds me a little bit in a bad way of the Lost Boys. Like, like the whole thing with the Lost Boys is like this town is like slowly dying, and I think that if they'd had like a shot of maybe a bunch of missing persons posters, mm-hmm. that would have been pretty effective. But in this one, like again, I feel like it's like the whole town's in on it. They're they're in on this. They're letting this this you know backwoods mutant who we find out has some sort of underground labyrinth. Um, <laughs> you know they're they they're all in on it. They're 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 covering for him. They're protecting him. Why? No, no, I don't like that. Don't do that. Uh, honestly, unless his pot sales are going into the public <laughs> coffer, and and it's like, well, listen, I'd tell you about Jason Voorhees. But have you seen what I pay in property taxes? It's next to nothing. But if they went there, if they went there, if they went there, that would be fine. It'd be stupid, but it would be, (laughs) but it would be, it it would be a reasonable explanation for why nobody wants to help him. It's like you're you're not gonna like you know if you tell her oh you know. You know, she went to the old Warhees house and it's like, okay, well, what's he going to do? Say, oh, the old lady down the street told me she was here. I mean, <laughs> they're not going to do that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we meet what, what may end up being our favorite character, Chewie. 
Yes. Uh, played by Aaron Yu, uh, who's fantastic in anything he ends up being, and he should be in more stuff. He tells us <laughs> a scene in which he's picking up a bunch of different kinds of chips and a box of condoms uh, <laughs> that he's going to use both of them in an experiment. So I assume that experiment is seeing how many funions you can stuff into a rubber or if it's a lubricated condom allows you to fuck a combo. I'm not sure which. <laughs> Don't you have to take the filling out to do that? I do. do <laughs> maybe, uh, no, I don't know what's involved in this experiment because we are not given the full scientific treatment. It's such a mystery. And I have so many questions about like the hypothesis that he's running. You know, like, it's just like the, enti- like, you know, like I want to just press pause in the movie and just like, pull him aside and be like, all right, cool. Let's explore this for 15 minutes. Like I, <laughs> I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I think you're onto something big. What are you doing? Like, that's... <laughs> How can we monetize this? Yeah. Stuff? Yeah. We make it an app. There's so many questions. Well, this does not uh, unfortunately last for 50 minutes because we're interrupted by a bit of a tiff uh, between clay, our floppy haired protagonist and Trent, Ooh, who's yeah. basically the male version of Melissa from part seven. So yeah, he's the male Lissa. He's, he's sure. the, he's the ubiquitous character that cannot die fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> and he's good at being a dick. I will give him this. He is excellent in this part as being a dick. I don't know if he's a dick in real life. Who really cares? He's great as a dick in this. Uh, the two of them begin to subtweet one another <laughs> in real time. <laughs> Uh, in a very unconvincing dick measuring contest, primarily designed to show that Trent's girlfriend, Jenna, played by Danielle Panabaker, is over his bullshit. And yet she has agreed to go on this trip. But <laughs> yeah, before and, we and, get- and, yeah. And again, like like Trent overhears Clay talking about that he's looking for his missing sister. He's just all rolling his eyes like, you done, man. And it's just like... <laughs> Really? He's he's very into commerce. He wants unfettered commerce and getting in the way of that is the search for this missing girl whom he gives less than two fucks about. Uh, And we're told this over and over and over again. So if you're in Trent's family and you go missing, this is a terrible display of behavior from him. Because he is not going to fucking look for you at all if it means bothering a business. You know, you might get in the way of that sweet, sweet uh, gas payment. Uh, but this is interrupted when we cue the butt rock soundtrack. That's yeah. right. This is so 2009. I would name check a band. But uh, frankly, I live in Los Angeles, which means that all I hear on the radio, if that's what I decide to listen to, is K-Rock and all they play is Bush. And that's from 1994. <laughs> so, yeah, I hate Bush. Uh, it's a fucking terrible band. And I don't know what blowjob or cocaine they gave to the people at K-Rock, but they remember it. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to get a, a very quick tour of uh, Crystal Lake as Trent's SUV burns through town. Uh, it looks like things are going great. All that money they're getting from Jason Voorhees's pot sales is really pouring in and making this place a great town to live in. Yeah, it's um, on the up. It's on the up. It's a huge, robust police force well, yeah. uh, that spend a lot of time telling people just to leave town. Like <laughs> Officer Brack uh, is our sort of uh, terrible law enforcement. It's not the first bad cop 
And I say that not that he's corrupt. He's just terrible. He's, he's, at his just, job. he's just, he's just, you know, indifferent, which, which yeah. again, if you've got a, a backwood serial killer that the entire town knows about, you, you may want to get on the stick and do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that turn of phrase. Get on the stick. It's excellent. <laughs> the other thing is every dude in this movie is wearing a chunky belt. And I, I, I know at one point, I probably in 2009, I was wearing these same crazy outfits. Trent, though, really puts it over the top because <laughs> there's he doesn't just have one piece of preppy upperwear. He has two. He's wearing a polo collared polo shirt underneath a collared sort of gingham pattern button down. This is New Jersey in the fucking summer. Are you kidding me? Even Austin in the spring. That's a lot of clothes. He's he's wearing the entire J Crew Spring 2009 <laughs> catalog, including the actual pages, just yeah. just taped to his <laughs> <Yeah>. body. <laughs> Maybe he'll later on wear them as shoes. <laughs> that would be a nice callback to part three. <laughs> He's so particular, which I didn't expect. Like out of nowhere, you find out that he is like Niles Crane, you know, like out of <laughs> seriously out of nowhere. He's like, oh, guys, it's mahogany. Come on. That's, that's not going to mix. The acidic qualities of the beer won't work. Ugh, now I got to pour milk on and take care. Oh, I got to go to my car and clear all the trash. I was like, okay, wow. You, I didn't expect this to be you. I didn't. Yeah. He's, I didn't he's really. Mo- he's like the, the, the anal retentive party animal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which I know it's like always good to write characters that are like opposites um, so that there's like some internal conflict. But this one really takes the cake like it, especially with his intro being like, hey, your sister's gone. Uh, That's too bad. Uh, You don't want to be friends. Uh, I'm great. Right. Hey, please keep your feet off of the Ottoman, please. (laughs) Please, guys. This is not rental furniture, okay? So please just keep an eye out. I was like, okay, great. That's a little bit of character whiplash. It just just reminds me of... um remember uh trading places when he throws the party and he's like picks up the cigarette butt he's like who been putting their cools out on my floor <laughs> <laughs> i i just kind of wish for a uh a scene like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we get we get a he gets pulled over not much happens will this pay off stick a pin in it the answer is <laughs> probably not uh so cut to trent's family cabin which looks like a fucking Tuscan villa. <laughs> and, uh, and and again, New Jersey, you're not hunting anything much larger than a small deer. No. And you and you don't need to be you don't need to have, you know, Richie Rich's, you know, summer home to, to do this that. You can you can get in some good deer hunting for about two hours in the morning and then go about your day. Other than that, you can maybe you know, take out a couple squirrels. <laughs> for perhaps a raccoon or two but but again you 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 don't need you know the manor on the lake in which to do this <laughs> but there's so, like you said before like there's skis on the wall there's like stuffed animals it's like a tgi friday but for like cabin shit <laughs> welcome it's to like, the tchotchke oh, shed yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's shed. like every manner of sporting equipment there's hockey sticks where are you playing hockey where are you playing hockey in South Jersey? Get the fuck out of here. Kill, 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 kill. Break, 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 break. Hey, Patrick. Yes. Do you like money? 
Oh my god, I love money. I kind of hate money, but I love money. Yeah, me too. You know what's even better when people give me money. I, I I don't I really hate I really hate this working for a living bullshit. I really honestly just prefer people give me money. Oh, that would be fantastic if that could happen. But and what kind of, of world could we live in when 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 we've made a bargain to deliver people free content where we talk about Friday the Thirteenth movies, small segments at the time, and you know we've said like you don't really have to pay for it, but what if they could? Well, luckily, there's a solution to that, and that's called a Patreon. Yes, we're finally getting around after two glorious years of making a Patreon. <laughs> That's right. Everyone else is doing it. Why not us? That's right. So look for our Patreon where you will see all kinds of cool stuff like opportunities to pick a movie for me and Patrick to watch or just listen to me and Patrick just talk about things because apparently people find that incredibly amusing. <laughs> For reasons we cannot explain, that's right. We're gonna have special content there, uh, based on 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 which level you get at. You might even be able to choose a movie that we talk about. Uh, it's gonna be fun stuff that'll be exclusive to Patreon donors. Now, not everyone has the wherewithal to be a Patreon donor. If you can and you love the show, please join us. If you can't, you know, there's there's plenty of, of, of ways to help us through telling people about the show and rating us on iTunes. But let's say you love the show so much you have to contribute something. Well, that's where Patreon comes in. All we ask for is just a couple bucks a month. Right now, we don't plan on making any tier higher than $10 a month. Because really, what kind of podcast needs more than $10 a month from a single donor to run? I mean, really. Yes, Come, on. Come on. Really? Really? That's Come just on. ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Seriously. No one needs Come to on. make. <laughs> we are really knocking on podcasts that are doing very well. <laughs> and people love them so much they'll pay them all sorts of money wait listen if you want to pay us 50 bucks a month we're not going to stop you there just really isn't a way to do it but we're, so, and, we're also, and we're also not going to give you extra shit like we're no, we're, we're not going to we're tapped out yeah we're we're not going to you know invite you to our house we're we're not going to come fly out with you and and you know, party party at your house we're not going to give you john trigger actual little pink house that no, we can't <laughs> do anything like that Oh, I'm sorry. Did you just reference an old MTV contest? I, I know it is completely out of character for <laughs> either of us to make 35-year-old pop culture references. <laughs> if you want more of this, the way to get it is through Patreon. So uh, where is that web destination that we should send them to, Gina? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have one yet. That's a problem with this. Gonna, look out look for up. an announcement it will be it, it will be ready by the time this episode goes up and we will make yes. several announcements on <laughs> twitter on our facebook group on our individual facebook pages several times over you will see it we will not let it go unpromoted several times over and just so everyone knows there are costs involved in doing this podcast in both recording it and hosting it 
and sending it out to you. It is as much as I might like it to be free, it is not. And so I want to continue doing it. Gina wants to continue doing it. And in order, I think, to, to keep this enterprise going past Friday the 13th, uh, we would love for you to, to join us. We're going to try to kick back some awesome things that you can't get anywhere else through that Patreon to you if you decide to donate. So donate. Do it today. Just one cup of coffee will feed us. <laughs> I I don't think I can just live on one cup of coffee. Jean. That, that doesn't make any sense at all. No, no. The, the, the money they would normally pay oh. for one cup of coffee will, oh. will, will, will feed us. Yes. I'm not buying coffee with our Patreon money. I'm just telling you right now. Anyway, if donate that, money. If that was your big gambit, mm, cutting it off. Who, right has, who wouldn't want to pay to hear this quality content? Please <laughs> donate to our Patreon. All right. And now the body count continues. Don't change a thing. Kill, 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 kill. Break, 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 break. Once they pile out of the car, this is where we learn, of course, and something that every post-2000 movie needs to tell us very quickly. There's no cell service up here. Yeah. Uh, one of the person telling us this is Chelsea. Chelsea is played by Willa Ford. Now, up until this point, Ms. Ford had been known for her top 25 pop song, I Want to Be Bad, and blaming the stalling of her singing career on 9-11, hashtag never forget. I remember that. I yes. remember, yeah. I remember yeah, her. Yeah, she, she was kind of a, almost like a Paris Hilton kind of, you know, a Britney Spears, very, very but much naughty third level Christina Aguilera sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I watched um, a music video of hers, which spends a lot of time giving you that that Steve Miner butt shot that we were so used to in part two and part three. And that's about it. Um, what else is to say about Chelsea's character? I think maybe she could best be described as breathing and blonde, maybe. <laughs> and there we go. That's and, it. And That's she is down. she is Nolan's girlfriend or sex partner or something. I, Nolan wants to have sex with her. And we learn that once he uh, walks behind her just out of eye shot and does the white man's overbite and bump and grind. Oh right, and then then and then Jenna says, "Yeah, please go go ahead, go off with him. Sure, yes, 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 <laughs> because that's that's what friends, that's what female friends do to each other is <laughs> is you know, definitely try to help the the guy who is you know, very obviously me to have sex with her go off and take her somewhere alone. Mm -hmm. But maybe everyone knows that Chelsea was there to bone somebody, so they might as well pair her off quickly." Who's to say we don't know anything about these people? And most of them will never know anything about them. So cue the club banger, y'all. This is the tour of the uh, inside of this very Austin lakefront home. I mean, the only thing missing is appetizer portions of queso on every table. <laughs> we also learn that Chewy will be our designated weed dude, <laughs> even though he is a wearing shoes and two appears on camera without a drug rug. So <laughs> well, real Chewy, twist. Chewy and his, and his friend, what, what is the friend's name? Lawrence. Okay. Lawrence actually like, is it Lawrence that brings the bong in a briefcase? And Chewy brings the bong in the briefcase, but Lawrence knows the name of this bong, which again, 
who has time to name bongs anymore? <laughs> this is the movie has artificially dated itself, unknowing that no one in their right fucking mind would drive along an interstate highway with a bong and a silver suitcase. Like you're hiding money in the fucking thing. I was gonna say, are you like someone he's practically a, uh, handcuffed to it, like he's a blues brother. <laughs> I was gonna say he's gonna go, you know, have that favorite party game and get everybody a Voight Kampf test. <laughs> so cut to Clay making his way out to a, some sort of junk repository in the middle of a cornfield. Once again, New Jersey. Well, actually, New Jersey does have plenty of cornfields. Uh, no, th- no. Yes. Where? I worked on a turkey farm in South Jersey, outside of Princeton. There that's was not technically of that's, that's technically more central New Jersey. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's I never there's not any, there's not anything on the level of like you know it looked like Malachi was going to come running out at him. <laughs> there's not quite that death. I mean, they're off. They're mostly off of, off of highways. Yeah. Like they're not just you don't just randomly run into a desolate cornfield out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So anyways, he meets um he meets an old lady who says outsiders don't know where to walk up here. They all end up dead. And <laughs> but I'm all right. He with just that. wants to be left alone. <laughs> Come on. You know, it's a he. I, what? And how you're many people you're, know about Jason Voorhees up here. And how many people are all right with him just occasionally murdering people? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I get people just want to you know, live their lives and, and not get involved in, in you know, whatever it is their neighbors are up to. But, you know, if you have someone living near you. And they're just murdering people on occasion. Maybe you'll want to maybe put a anonymous call to your local constabulatory to to yeah. do something about that. And again, that's that's what's so. What is this movie trying to say in, 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 in this regard? Is it you know? Is it that we're just become so indifferent to our fellow man's suffering that in this teeny little town where everybody knows each other's business yeah there, there's a guy just murdering people sometimes but you know as long as he doesn't murder us we're totally fine with that <laughs> like in la you have to put up with traffic but in addition to that you don't have to also put up with a serial killer everyone knows about but we've decided to shush and, about and, then, it and, to and then apparently outsiders. and then apparently you know the, the, the local police are just like well you know what do you expect us to do stop them you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like do you really we you tried do- we tried stopping him once it didn't take so now it's something we live with <laughs> you know like I mean, really high sidewalks or uh you know uh coin up uh you know parking meters like we could upgrade but we don't have enough money we just put up with it you know i mean we got a pancake breakfast to organize we can't be fighting yeah. we can't be fighting a serial killer come on man time is money i know it's That's right. literally in our jurisdiction but in our minds it's outside of our jurisdiction as far as we're See, concerned that, that, that's over there we're over here <laughs> we're thinking about the future man like you're in the past worrying about all the things that happened we're looking ahead don't worry about yeah. it we're a very optimistic police force i mean i mean it's not gonna bring them back <laughs> <laughs> i mean at least in the the part two part three part four back to back to back they set it up like part two happens on Friday the 13th and part three happens on Saturday the 14th mm-hmm. and part part three then part four happens on Sunday. Like they're back to back. Like more people would know about this if a year had actually gone by. But in the time frame of the movie, it's year. It's just a day later. 
So in part four, we're like, they're reading a newspaper article that says massive killing spree happening. And she's like, well, that's on the other side of the lake. And they kind of like, that can never touch us here on the south side of the lake. Are you fucking kidding me? The lake is a circle. It's surrounded by a road. What if he has a rowboat? (laughs) No, that would never. No, no that would never. That would happen, never no. happen. No. no. <laughs> Up until part four, we were all always told that Jason died of drowning, and in part four, he's swimming like Mark Goddamn Spitz. All of a sudden, <laughs> just coasting through the water like an orca. That's my favorite. It's like he wasn't that good at swimming. The counselors weren't watching him, and when they weren't watching him, he became an Olympian. Like he. <laughs> The raccoons taught him yeah. in his hovel, yeah. apparently. It was sort of a Disney princess situation. <laughs> he really he really flourished out there on his own. So we're kind of... I've always wanted to see what I could be <laughs> on the water. And that's what we need. Just him on the edge of the water and just leaves kind of whooshing past yeah. him. Yeah. I like this. I like this. His version. own little Elsa moment. Like, it will really be... <laughs> Try a stroke, try a stroke, one <laughs> arm over the other. Get in there with all your clothes on. It's a really powerful story. It's a really powerful story. <laughs> it is. It's super powerful. Very inspiring. It, it ends with him swimming out and stabbing a woman through an inflatable raft. Uh, and then mere minutes later, stabbing her boyfriend with a spear gun through his crotch yeah. and lifting him into the air. See, that's fun. That's fun, people. That's why we're doing this. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Trent, as we have noted earlier, is very fussy, which makes him part Melissa, but also part Russell from part seven. Yeah. Who... Uh, once compared the, <laughs> the kitchen of the cabin they're in as, as the stock exchange, because there were a lot of open slice cans about. <laughs> so slice real missed opportunity getting in on the Friday the 13th game. Once again, Trent rolls outside a little bit later. Um, and I learned that this actor's name is Travis Van Winkle. Oh my God. Very whimsical. <laughs> um, that's he, he looks like a Travis Van Winkle. He does. He does. He dresses like one too. Um, but I, as I watched him in this particular sit through, I noticed something about how he acts at some point, an agent, a manager, a studio executive said, you know what? You remind me of a young Tom Cruise. And he's like, Oh, well, I'll just act like Tom Cruise. And so for the <laughs> next 45 minutes of this film, you will get nonstop indignant pursing of lips and crossing of foreheads. He just really does all the Tom Cruises that you can possibly do. That's massive. With the exception of laughing and smiling at himself. (laughs) He's not amused by anything. Uh, the sheer force of him applying, you know, that all of all of that pressure to those eyebrows and making them smash into one another one another over and over again must be exhausting cut to another sort of bingo card selection of friday the 13th and that is the barn of doom yep this is where we meet local yokel donnie we're told 
<laughs> tells us, uh, or Clay rather, that oh, you surprised me! I almost, I almost set off the whoop ass machine. No, 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 no! You are, you are, you are incorrect. He oh, says, he says, oh, you surprised me! I was about to set off the whoop ass machine, which because he <laughs> he has a southern accent for some, not southern <laughs> yeah, New Jersey, he's from South Jersey. That's where the South is. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, the no, no, sounds no. like I, New York. Yeah. I, I need to I need to clarify once more, as I did in part five with with Junior and Mama, that we have rednecks. We definitely have white trash. We don't have hillbillies. And and <laughs> there there is a distinct difference between all three of those things. And because you have to have a little bit of comedy in your Friday the 13th movies, why not throw in a hillbilly or two from where? <laughs> Did you did he get on a bus from one shitty town in Alabama to move this other shitty town in New Jersey? Yes. It, it's a distribution program. They send them far it's an and exchange, wide. An exchange student program? That's <laughs> right. The, that previous that Barnadoom had another shit kicker, but he was a South Jersey shit kicker. And they're like, How would you like to visit Mississippi? He's like, Yeah. Yeah, and I they was exchange places. I was wanting to go to another country. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you know how in 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 Caddyshack, Bill Murray supposedly imp- improvised all of his dialogue. Yes, I, I feel like that. That's what this actor did. Like like <laughs> his entire stage direction in the script was be creepy and gross. <laughs> and, and he sells the shit out of it. I mean, he's licking his lips. He's just like, and we're not even at the part that you know we're going to get to. Yeah. But I mean, he's just like he watched Deliverance, and he was like, "Yeah, that's what I'm going with." <laughs> why? I don't know. You're a minor character in a slasher movie. Why are you? Why are you amping up this this you know, creepy inbred backwoods character? And so, uh, other elements of the Barn of Doom include a wood chipper a bail hook, a sizable deposit of weed. Again, denoting that Jason is some sort of town conspiracy, which harkens back again to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake in which it was also a town conspiracy. It's like they just changed the main killer protagonist and kept all the other elements of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's super weird. I would have loved to have had a scene like in student bodies where Jason just wanders into this barn and you just kind of see like his perspective, his hand reaching out to like different weapons, and then like kind of waves it away. And then he like reaches towards the wood chipper and then just kind of like, you know, nah, and just, you know, just goes through a known number of weapons before he finally comes up with the one that he wants. <laughs> it is nonstop shopping. It feels like, to, it feels like that is a, sort of cornucopia that delivers him an endless amount of weapons to use for throughout the rest of this film, Uh, which again, the film is very busy explaining all sorts of things that don't need to be explained. And then just cruising right over things, which would be very nice for someone to tell (laughs) us about. It's the exact incorrect balance. (laughs) It's the exact opposite of what we need, which Makes it somewhat in line with a classic Friday the 13th movie. I don't find this film egregious necessarily. I think it's perfectly fine 
It can be fun. It's well cast. These are our nice actors who look good on a giant screen. I mean, what more could you really, really want? It, it's super gross in parts too. <laughs> so like, it's not holding back on gore. Um, I think if I were to be honest, too many people are wearing underwear, both <laughs> men and women. Everyone needs to start taking off their underwear on and just put on clothes. Take a cue from Josie and the Pussycats. No one in that film is wearing underwear and it's better for it. <laughs> okay. So yeah, they play a bunch of games where they like shake one beer, one can of beer. Oh, it's so wasteful. Like when <laughs> they're just opening cans of beer. Yeah. I thought that they were playing electricity where like you flip over a card and then like next to the person, you know, the person next to you, they also flip over a card. And then if there's like a sweet, match then you have to drink per numbers that you have or if there's a number match then someone counts you have to drink for that like length that's like cool they're playing some crazy drinking game no the drinking game they're playing is open it by your ear did it spill everywhere great put the can away next person (laughs) person. did the beer open and spray your ear awesome and you're like that belongs in your mouth that should go in your body it should go into your stomach and into your bloodstream that's how this entire system works the ear was never a part of this equation like i don't just imagine like having the, the entire side of your head and your ear just covered in beer. Just how, how, how unpleasant that would be. <laughs> this is real fun, right guys? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's really hot and I smell like beer. So yeah, this everything's going and Budweiser sticky. on top of it. The yeah. best beer to be covered in. It's one step above Coors Light or Natty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they're gonna play that game, like natty light it. Not even ice. Yeah. Like no, natty not even I- no, light it. Yeah. Uh, ice is at least somewhat dry. Natty light, like a beer no one should care about. Yeah, yeah. That's if you're gonna be playing uh let's infect our ears with beer, then yeah, <laughs> go go with that. Like go with a keystone. Like I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't understand why they're doing this. Like uh, parents of young children should be very aware of a new thing that all the kids are doing. Let's infect our ears with beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ask your ask your children about it. It's, an, it's the next YouTube challenge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can we make that happen? Can could do you think that we could actually make that into a challenge? The put some beer in and get an ear infection challenge. The Crystal Lake challenge. Are you doing? Yeah. Are you doing the Crystal Lake? Yeah. <laughs> So let's just get right down to it. Let's cut back to that barn of doom. And let's talk about Donnie's life, which <laughs> seems very fucking sad. First of all, he, se- he seems pretty happy with it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Don't, don't he judge. Does because he has shelter. Because otherwise yeah. he'd just be doing this uh, like near a cardboard box or under a tree. I think I think wherever wherever Donnie is, he's where he's meant to be. <laughs> he is surprised by the magazine, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and it, yeah. it's not like he pulled it out of like like in the 90s, uh, like you know, like it uh, every uh, adult magazine was delivered with like a brown paper bag, and that was the joke or whatever. No, it's just there. So he's just like, oh, what what, what about this? One? As if someone like like a New Yorker magazine popped up for like someone else, and they're just like, oh, who put this on the table? Well, I guess I gotta read BJ Novak's like article. That's how he responds to it. He's just like, huh? Well, someone wants to drop this off from the dentist's office. Like this is like, okay, let's flip through and see what it is. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are the articles? Like what's happening <laughs> yeah. in here? Let me peruse. Oh, here it is. Yeah. N- nude uh-huh. pictures. Great. <laughs> Great. Yeah. He seems to be having intimate relations with a decade old copy of <laughs> yeah. Hustler Amazing, which if you're already licking it, where is that? Like, yeah, I would, I would not lick an old pornographic magazine. If you gave me choices, let, let's, we're going to do choose your own death venture. There's only one death that we're talking about, but you know what? We're going to replace it with it and we're going to talk about it right now. Which one would you choose to lick? <laughs> A decade old copy of Hustler magazine or that uh, mannequin that Donnie later admits that he's been fucking <laughs> and lost his virginity to. Can I, can, can I point out the mannequin? It's named Gina. <laughs> hey, right. there you go. I, 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 what a fucking honor. <laughs> I, I almost did a forehead slap when I am like, oh, the mannequin's named Gina. That, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's, wonderful. that's wonderful. You made it. You made it in I, Hollywood. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, so been, Omar, been... as, as our guest, I choose you to go first. Choose your own lick venture. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the mannequin just because the magazine was licked in the movie, which means <laughs> to me, that's for sure a secondhand lick. Like, no matter how this plays out, like, I'm just like, all right, cool. We ran the, the case study. Like, this is like a black mirror, like hologram test. We're like, yeah, 10 out of 10 every single time that magazine has been licked. Like, I just, <laughs> we just know that now. So... <laughs> Uh, now keep in mind you're open to paper cuts. That's true. I mean, that is on a tongue. There's danger that can, there. That can put you out of the game for weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's you're uh, benched. I mean, yeah. That entire that entire is he in an attic or something? Um, <laughs> that that's like all tetanus. That's like one tetanus shot after another <laughs> in, in that entire attic. Because the whole thing is kind of an homage to the original Friday the Thirteenth, right? There's yeah. been a lot of uh, scenes of people just being, and I mean, it's just a thing in you know horror movies in general where people just find themselves in rooms just filled with clutter, right? And, and the most random clutter, you know, a wheelchair, an old dollhouse, mm-hmm. and it's like, how did this stuff get here? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there's there's some sort of estate sale that's been happening in the upper portion of that barn of doom. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, as close to as we get in the original Friday the 13th to this scene is the the cold open in which uh, two counselors in the early 60s get caught dry humping. Mm -hmm. And the the top of that boathouse is filled with empty cardboard boxes (laughs) in which the female victim starts throwing at our unseen killer, but not directly at her, at her side. (laughs) So that she doesn't hit the camera because that would be expensive. (laughs) (laughs) So we got one vote for a decade old Hustler magazine. Gina, what say you? Um, Well, mannequins are, they're what, made of plastic? If you're lucky, yes. Well, I figure, you know, you can kind of do that thing, you know, you have to clean something off and you have to, you kind of pull your sleeve down over your hand and, you know, kind of give it a quick little buffing. To wipe it off. I think I could probably make a clean spot on the mannequin and just sort of, I mean, are we talking like, you know, a little, you know, you know dot with a tongue? Are we talking a full fledged, like, you know, you like, like, give- you're, like you're painting a fence? 
Yes. Yes. You have to give it the full Tom Sawyer experience, <laughs> like you're whitewashing a fence with your tongue. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think I could probably get it clean enough. And, you know, then maybe if I swallow some hand sanitizer or something immediately <laughs> afterwards, I, I might be all right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, There are no good answers here. <laughs> but uh, I have to feel like the Hustler magazine would probably contain fewer deadly germs on it than this mannequin, which is porous. And we know because Donnie tells us he's been fucking that mannequin. And at one point says, I lost my virginity to this mannequin. That's not okay. He's no one else is around. Why is he having this mammoth monologue? Oh yeah, this. yeah. We we this is you know the the ubiquitous Friday the Thirteenth character talking to themselves scene, which <laughs> happen, happens again later in the movie, but is far more entertaining and and realistic. But this guy just like muttering, and I mean, and and again, and adding to the whole element is of is everybody in this town a, a serial killer? <laughs> is that he just seems like he seems like he's got a girl chained up in a, in his house? You know, he's just like he's. Just talking and saying all these lewd things just to himself. Yep. No one else. There's no audience for it you, but him. You know, no, wait, wait a second. Gina, does do you think anyone on this film thought to themselves, you know what? We're gonna throw a wrench into this. What if it's not Jason Voorhees? What if we make an allusion to it being Donnie is the killer? Well, do you think they thought that? And they're like, well, it's going to be a real whammy when people find out that Jason kills him. Were they that fucking insane? No, I think it's, again, I think it's a little bit of the whole Mama and Junior thing. Just, you know, one of these weirdo townspeople they run into. It's like weirdo townspeople. He seems like he's probably a pedophile. I mean, there's a difference between, you know, a, a weird town. Like you got like crazy Ralph who who is, you know, definitely, you know, kind of weird. You know, champion he, peeper. He's a know, great peeper. But great <laughs> posture. We cannot. Great. We, super we, great posture. We always have to mention his. But but this guy, I mean, you know, if, if he was, you know, a second serial killer in the town, because the town is full of them, apparently, I, I would not be in the least bit surprised. I think that would be a fun thing. And maybe it's the only reason he hasn't been snapped up by some lady on FarmersOnly.com. Well, um, you know, he's got his love of his life already. That's true. Well, I mean, there is some competition. There's that stuffed bear pig that he talks to at one point. Um, I, mean, and, I don't and know any, what kind he, of animal that was meant to be. And, and, and he is <laughs> simulating something with that magazine. I, I don't I, I don't imagine that Donnie does not seem like a, a sensitive lover who would give his partner, you know, oral <laughs> pleasure. But hey, you know, a Donnie, a boy can dream. Um, when he's wandering through that bar and he's like, oh, my God, look at that. Look at that. Who's awe of barn junk do you think is more authentic donnie in this film or fox from part three i don't even remember gee i that was part three <laughs> was so long ago i mean the, girl, the biker girl who had a fox tail well uh, wrapped I mean, around her leg and know, she's fox. like she's looking at hey she's like <laughs> well fox kind of makes sense because she's from out of town yeah but is isn't this his home has he forgotten what he has in his own house? <laughs> He's like, 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 who? Like, do you do you ever walk into your house and say, like, "Hey, laptop"? You know? <laughs> I mean, 
a nice coffee table. <laughs> you know, unless maybe you, unless maybe you like you know, whacked your head on something during the day. Like he's got a barn memento thing where he never remembers the last time he was walking through that barn. Yeah, and he gets like, oh right, I, I have this mannequin I've been having sex with <laughs> for ten years. I have a deep emotional connection, and I forgot yeah. that I have. Yeah. And I mean, he appears to live alone. So, you know, why not bring her down into the rest of the house? Don't leave her in the attic <laughs> like that. Why? Yeah. Why does she have to be up where it's so hot? Unless he just, he likes, he likes his mannequins warm. Oh, <laughs> can we please, can we please, I think we've exhausted the mannequin. <laughs> Um, well, luckily someone is here to rescue us from talking about the mannequin any further. Jason appears and slashes Donnie's throat for reasons we need a dead body and we need one fast it's like oh shit 20 minutes gone by i mean the implication is that donnie has been stealing jason's weed or he's the front man for jason's weed and he's been shorting him i don't know what this business relationship is <laughs> i i know I, I feel like and apparently actually it was a, a previous guest on our show phil said that he knows the person who wrote this script and said that it was heavily rewritten. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. big, big, big surprise. And 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 I am curious as to because the weed thing, it's it kind of is dropped after a little while. But but you know, particularly with the opening, it's very much like, oh, they're here for this weed. And it's like, is that that remarkable that you know you <laughs> found a place that grows weed? I mean, it's not like you, know, you found a gold mine. <laughs> but there's, you know, the people travel so far to, to get this quality weed in New Jersey. When it comes down to it, this becomes a giant excuse. Donnie rips Jason's mask as he's being killed. And so Jason looks around and finds the hockey mask. And then the music goes, what? <laughs> And you're kind of like, I don't know, this means even less than it did in part three. It's just like, here it is, folks. You've been waiting. It's like, like, no, I know what movie I'm watching. Yeah. Like, he, like it, it's on the fucking poster. It's not a giant revelation. I mean, it's one. Of, it reminds me of the amazing Spider-Man, which is completely inessential in almost every single way. And at one point. The like Spider-Man's has to get from one part of the city to the other, but he can't swing down the middle of a street because no. there's nothing hanging over it. And so all of a sudden the movie decides, oh, all these people who've seen Spider-Man do heroic things turn their cranes in the middle of the night towards the center of the street so he can get to where the beam of light is. It's like. Why did why did we feel the need to stop the movie to explain how Spider-Man swings down the middle of the street? <laughs> He's Spider-Man. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and also, I mean, if he is, you know, apparently well known to the town, why does he have to wear a mask? <laughs> Who is he disguising himself from? I that that is I don't I don't know. I mean, I like it. It's okay, but <laughs> I mean, so yeah, part three is complete. We've, it's been done. Everyone check that off your list. Everything that happens from here on out is basically Friday the 13th, part four. 
with the exception of you don't have a 12 year old freak out over the possibility of seeing boobs. And and you do have somebody dancing, but it's not as, as charming as, as Jimmy in part four. Absolutely not. No, nothing will ever be that. And so um, we have, uh, you know, knocked off choose your own death venture here because only one person dies. So what we're left to do here is wait until next time. Uh, but before we go, Omar, why don't you tell people where everyone can find you both online and off? Yes, absolutely. You can find me online on Twitter at Omar Najam. And also I am running something Halloween related, which might interest you if you listen to this podcast called 13 Days, 13 Shorts, where the last 13 days of October each get a theme and people just make art inspired by that theme. So that's that's it. It's that simple. It's that straightforward. So there's a Twitter account, 13 Days, 13 Shorts. You can check out, you can also check out the hashtag 13 Days, 13 Shorts, or you can head over to 13 Days, 13 Shorts.tumblr.com to see what people have made in the past. So, oh, and there's fantastic. some creepy ones. It's, it's a lot of it is like a lot of fun, cool art um, that uh, anyone can check out, but there are a handful of very, very creepy posts that people have sent in that I eat up. I love. <laughs> That's my Halloween bread and butter. So, do it today, people. All right, Gina, where can people find you on the internet? I write about old television and movies and pop culture at GinaRadcliffe.com. Uh, I also write about movies and some television at AlkaHollywood.com. And I am on Twitter under Porcelain72. And, of course, uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter. It's the easiest way, at Kill by Kill Pod. Have something longer to say than than 280 characters. Seems crazy, but occasionally people do it. <laughs> Email us, killbykillpod at gmail.com. Of course, at Kill by Kill Podcast on Instagram. We do fun things there. Of course, the Facebook group and the Facebook page is where you enter that domain. Come and talk with us about the movies. It's fun time for everyone. Uh, I'd also like to thank everyone for we have crossed the century mark on iTunes with uh, five star reviews. So thank you to everyone who has taken time out of their day or night to give us a lovely review on iTunes. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. If you would like to give us a review on iTunes and you haven't done it already, please do so. Uh, tell us what your favorite kill is in all of the Friday the 13th franchise or any of the films we've covered. We'll talk about it here on air. That's our solemn promise to you, the Kill by Kill listener. As well, we should note that for the very first time uh, th- since uh, we, we're back uh, recording, that we are now on Spotify. Uh, If you would like to stream us or download us uh, using Spotify as your podcast app, now you can now do it. Just look in the search box for Kill by Kill and you will find us. Um, And so that'll do it for now. But don't worry, the body count will continue next time. So for myself, for Gina and Omar, bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Kill by Kills produced by We Write Good and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures. Jason is owned by New Line Cinema. No infringement is intended. Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. The Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body. 
Get the whole track and much, much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today.